Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Cindy Ziff, voice of the ocean, clean action, clean ocean action, I should say. And bring us up to date. What's going on, Cindy? I thought that we were on a good track and that uh, the battle was won, but not so much. Yeah, no, there's, there's, you know, we did have one project, well, two projects, actually. Ocean Wind 1 and 2, the Orsted projects pull out, even after we had offered them a billion of our ratepayer dollars and yeah gave them pretty much the, the green carpet of, of money and, and, and benefits, uh, they, they walked away. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that project isn't going to come back um, some time. I mean, they're likely going to want to sell the whole project or because, you know, obviously they invested over $4 billion. They're not going to walk away completely. But, you know, there's 21 other projects in our general, you know, New Jersey, close to New Jersey. Um, and, you know, that includes um, two new projects that this uh, New Jersey BPU signed a contract for. Those are lease areas, um, you know, off of more, you know, kind of along the central South Jersey area, but further offshore, like about 50 miles offshore. Um, you know, it's just daunting. It's just project after project after project. And, you know, they're all working um, very, very uh, rapidly to get these projects approved because um, in the Inflation Reduction Act, many people don't know, but um, in order to get the, uh, the the taxpayer money, they need to have their projects signed and, and approved by January of 2026. So that's why there's this massive speed race on uh, for all of these projects. Yes. And so what are we talking about here? Is it so now it's just fill in the blank. It's the same project because they it, it, it's just a different operator, if you will. Is that I mean, from <laughs> so just uh, fill in the blank <clears throat> now and you got these two projects combined generating and they're saying, hey, this would be great. It would generate all this power. But are we back to square one as far as all of the conversations that we were having before about the impact on the environment and then whether or not this is really a sustain, a sustainable way to, you know, to get that so-called clean energy? Yeah, well, you know what, Don, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's just so many questions. So right now there's about, according to the National Marine Fisheries Service, right, there's... 3,500 
turbines, again, as tall as, as tall, tall as the Chrysler building, um, you know, occupying about 2.2 million acres in, again, our little, our little, our little area of ocean. An astonishing amount of industrialization in such a small area, which would never be allowed on land. Um, in fact, I know that there have been many projects that have been opposed by environmental groups, re renewable solar panel projects, and offshore wind, and sorry, wind projects on land that have been fought because of environmental concerns, um, which are much smaller than these massive projects that are proposed out in the ocean. And um, you know, they're just, uh, you know, it's a scale that is unimaginable. And, you know, we're, um, you know, we don't really know so much. We don't know what the impacts are going to be. We haven't done real baseline studies on what whale migrations or what dolphin migrations, where they go, when they go, um, what time of year. You know, generally we know, but we really don't have a lot of detail. And now we're putting concrete and steel jungles just from basically Massachusetts all the way down to Virginia. And, you know, this is going to have an impact, but we, but scientists don't really know. Scientists don't know how it's going to affect fisheries. And that's why clean ocean action, while we're not opposed to necessarily the idea of renewable energy and, and offshore wind, we have been demanding that they would be a, a, um, a reasonable and responsible pilot project to assess some, what uh, some of these environmental harms would be on a, on a scale that wouldn't be so devastating mm -hmm. um, to the marine environment. And then, of course, you know, um, Congressman Chris Smith was able to get um, the Government Accountability Office to, be do, to do a cost-benefit analysis, which should have been done from the beginning. Um, that's and currently underway. And, and um, the third piece, of course, is what, why were all those whales dying? Why did we have such a spike of whales die, you know, a winter a uh, year ago? And then, of course, we had that spike of whales die, six of them, just yeah. in August of last year. So why not investigate that? Why isn't that unusual? Why shouldn't the National Marine Fisheries Service and those people, those agencies in charge of protecting these animals want to do an investigation? So we don't think any of these projects ought to move forward until we get those three pieces of very basic information to really assess these issues on a fair and reasonable and responsible manner. Yeah, and so... You know, looking in, into some of what they're talking about, with these companies, with regards to these companies, and I know there are controversies about um, manufacturing monopolies, the turbine towers, who build, who builds them, because I know the components are made overseas, right? And then they mm -hmm. have to ship them mm -hmm. over here. Mm -hmm. So there's all that going on that nobody really talks about. Right. Is there anything... Um, different as far as these these particular companies, Lightwind and Attentive Energy Two. These companies, do they differ in any of their practices that you see differing from Orsted? Well, we know that they don't have the years of experience that Orsted had. In you know, Orsted mm -hmm. has been developing offshore wind for for years and decades, and they were you know one of the global leaders in the in the industry. Some of these other ones are newer to the to the technology and newer to the to the effort. Um, and as you know, you know the the ones that have been uh, you know are already in play. They, they are you know fossil fuel companies. You know the one. Um, you know, the Atlantic Shores has Shell uh, Oil. Um, you know, its Shell Company is is one of the um, 
um, owners of that project, and you know, so they're and they're all being bought and sold and traded and all this stuff. There's every almost every month. There's new, um, you know, projects are being sold and renamed. It's very hard to keep track of all of them and who the players are. Um, we understand BlackRock just also announced um, some collaboration with Orsted on some of their projects. So it's just a constant, you know, shuffle of economic interests and uh, companies. And, you know, um, it's just it's a very it's an industry in in great turmoil, um, you know, financially and you know, and and quite honestly, from technology standpoint as well, because you know, there's just such a huge demand now in in the products and the turbines and materials that there's you know cost and supply chain issues. They don't even have the ships built that that can that can that are needed in order to build these offshore wind facilities. So why they why the whole thing can't take a time out while we actually understand what's happening and you know to our to our ocean ecosystem as well as you know what the financial considerations are and and honestly you know the energy expectations i mean i think a lot of this um maybe um you know um aspirational rather than reality well that's when i look at in the you draw you paint such a picture of the industrial, as you have said, the industrialization of the ocean floor and what's going on. And I, I had so many people calling me about some of the activities and then, oh, there are these dolphins, you know, that just mm. want it. I have one relative or two relatives. They were actually in tears because they were with their kids. Mm. And they said, what, what in God's name is in that water that these dolphins, this was Sea Isle City, and they said mm. these these dolphins were alive. They were in the water, and mm. the people were in the water with them, trying to push them back out. And they said mm. these animals w- just were were willing to die because whatever was in that water, they want to get out of that water. And just mm-hmm. it was just so they were just emotional about it and yeah, upset. Yeah. And these aren't political people at all. I'm not. Right, saying right. that, but for a lot of people, I think at the shore because they love the ocean, they love the wildlife, and understand the importance of the health of the ocean. Can you contrast, you know, something like that where we can't see under the water with just, for example, I think just today or yesterday there were more articles about, you know, the, the idea of the this administration's decision to pause the new exports of U.S. natural gas. Now, this affects mm. Pennsylvania, and I know your thing is the ocean, but I'm just trying to draw a contrast to your point, Cindy Ziff, as an environmentalist, as somebody who has, I mean, this is your skill set, talking about the ocean and why it's so important. But you look at the difference with Pennsylvania because it's not underwater and people see what's going on and the, the heavy push to say, no, 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 we have to watch out with what's going on in PA. On the other side, it seems like they're doing everything to reopen these issues of the turbines beneath the ocean floor. Right, right. Well, you know, the the um, the issue of the, you know, liquefied natural gas mm-hmm. facilities, I think, is what you're talking about, right, is that, yes. that um, President Biden said he put a pause on any new ones. Yes. I mean, you know, the the reality is, is that there's so many projects lined up that, you know, they there's a lot more already to be completed. Um, so there's a backlog of, of liquefied natural gas export facilities already in play. 
So putting a pause on future ones is certainly, you know, something that, you know, we, we do need to reduce our fossil fuel use. But there is, um, there, it's not like it's going to stop tomorrow because there's so many projects that are in the queue and, and being built. Um, and so, um, you know, there's kind of a glut on the market. And that's also one of the reasons why there was, you know, um, the pause. But it doesn't mean that there's not going to be continued development of liquefied natural gas facilities. Uh, I think what what Clean Ocean Action has, you know, been, you know, adamantly working to, you know, prioritize is, you know, Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Reducing our use of energy and reducing the wasteful uses we have for energy um, and, you know, focusing on what we already have. Um, I, I'm This number may be a little bit... Um, um, you know, in flux, but there's about 8,000 renewable energy projects that have been completed on land, projects that have been completed on land that cannot plug in to the grid because our grid system isn't in shape to connect all these renewable energy projects to it. So there's a low-hanging fruit. How about yeah. we plug in the existing renewable energy projects into the system and upgrade our, our grid system um, to, you know, accommodate those. And, you know, the, the existing grid in infrastructure is so, you know, uh, old and decrepit that it's a very wasteful system in and of itself. So by upgrading the, the grid system, we're not only going to be plugging in these 8,000 renewable energy projects, but we're going to be increasing the efficiency of the energy uh, system. So we're not wasting so much energy just getting it from point A to point B. And there's so many other examples. We're we're leaking methane all over the place with many different projects not being careful, and now they're leaking um, methane into the atmosphere, causing you know you know which is a very harmful greenhouse gas type of um, contaminant. And we're not doing anything about really aggressively going after and tapping those um, tapping those sources or or tapping into them so that they they you know can be of benefit rather than just um, you know wafting into the into the air so there's so many things that we could be doing um, in the meantime you know let's do the studies let's get the pilot studies done let's find out what, how the ecosystem could po possibly um, you know be sustained with this massive industrialization you know where's the evidence yeah. You know, sometimes I think it's it's one of those things where everything gets politicized 
And so mm-hmm. nothing gets done <laughs> or it mm-hmm. slows it down. In this case, for example, <laughs> you know, this is a great example mm-hmm. to me because it's so politicized. Some people want the turbines. Some people want the fracking. Some people, And so all of a sudden now, instead of everybody looking at this holistically and saying short term, let's do a hybrid until we can figure this out, because I think that's what's happening. We, were, we are evolving so quickly with, with evolving, with um, figuring out technology. And I think we'll get there someday. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. why not just do a hybrid, figure it out? But instead, everything's so politicized and splintered mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. as I always say, Cindy, I feel like we're always getting played and the powerful and the rich, <laughs> they get more powerful and richer. Mm-hmm, and because mm-hmm. we make it in our society political and the media is complicit mm-hmm. in this. Um, I, and I'm saying this on a, a you know relatively conservative talk radio station, right? But I'm really trying to to educate everybody that if you just look at this yeah. as non-political, and look at what's happening with look at fracking, look at that industry, um, mm-hmm. look at what's going on, look at the wind turbine situation. Like you said, BlackRock they just signed that deal, and and the money is flowing in, so it's going to happen. But they're not mm-hmm. going to work together, and I and I really mm-hmm. think that's a huge piece of this. And mm-hmm. meantime, then the environment does suffer, but we suffer along with it. Right, right, right. I still haven't. You know, it's just so true. It's just kind of like how do you how do we how do we monetize the ocean now? Right. I mean, um, it, my uh, you know, clean ocean actions idea of, of the ocean monetization is the fact that we have billions and billions of dollars in tourism and fishing and boating and diving and just the ocean being itself an amazing amount of gifts and, and, you know, economic um, value from a clean ocean economy. But, you know, that's not enough. And now what we have is this huge surge in the blue, what's called now the blue economy. It's not a clean blue economy, it's a, but it's a blue economy to industrialize and monetize the ocean. And, and these are public lands. This is, you know, if we were in the glacial times, this is all land. This is all underwater land that belongs to, you know, in the interest, in the public interest and, you know, in the interest of a sustainable environment. Mm-hmm. And by industrializing it, yeah, sure, we're, we're certainly going to be a lot of people making money or trading monies or I don't, you know, the whole system, I can't really quite understand how it, it all is going to be traded into making f- money for folks. But in the same time, we're going to be industrializing the ocean and the, those public yeah. lands, those commons lands, those those lands um, will be lost. And, uh, you know, you know, I'm not sure how that benefits the environment. Yeah. Amen. Cindy Ziff, Voice of the Ocean. <laughs> and uh, I always appreciate Thank I know you so much you- for... Oh. I, I thank you so much for for keeping this um, your your listeners informed and aware. It's very confusing. It's very complicated, yeah. and I think that's partially by design. Mm-hmm. But I think you really hit a very important point, and it's so important for everybody listening to to look at this from the ocean standpoint and not a political standpoint. We're, we're this that makes it you know so much more difficult, and that you know that does not help the ocean by making it a political yeah. issue. Um, the ocean needs to be protected. We all depend on a clean ocean, um, and the ocean depends on us. Not it doesn't care what party you're you're you favor. It's 
you know, it's something that we all need to rally around and defend and, um, and yeah. we should all be working together. Amen. Cindy Ziff, thank you so much. Until next time, <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.